What's going on everybody, it's your boy Fab, Freddy Fox, America's big brother, and we back with the Saturday Night Sit Down. What's going on everybody, it's your boy Fab, Freddy Fox, America's big brother And tonight on the Saturday Night Sit Down, we got Tony Ingram What's going on, my man? What's up, brother? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, man? Yeah. Thank you, thank you so much, man I really appreciate you taking the time to do this, man And being on my show, like I said, I know um, the time frame is different You out there in Japan right now, like you said, it's about 10 o'clock in the morning um, So yeah. it's pretty early, man, so thank you for, for sitting down man. I, again, I can't say how much I appreciate that, brother Absolutely, man. Pleasure's all mine. Pleasure's all mine. Sure. Awesome, man. I mean, um, so let me break it down to you, man. The whole reason why why I started this show, right, is, um, you know, I understand how long, especially for myself, like how hard it was to grow up to become a man, to be a good person. You know, um, a lot of times, especially with uh, the way we were growing up in my generation, um, as a man, uh, you know, you're not allowed to share your feelings. Uh, you know, you can't talk about certain things. You kind of got to stand up straight. You got to be bold, tough, um, you know, and be so stoic 24 seven. Um, but we're human too at the end of the day. Um, and, and what I also bring to that is because, um, you know, a man, you know, if you want to grow up to be a man, you need to have a strong man to show you the way, right? Or lead the path for you. So it, a lot of plays on it with your dads. Um, you know, because a lot of my friends didn't have their dads in their lives for one reason or the other. And then I also seen that with the kids around the community, um, how that impacted them in their lives growing up without their father present or without positive uh, male role models. So by sitting down with men like yourself, you know, we kind of break down and kind of hash out to help guide them a little bit better and give them some positive male role models that go down the line um, and know what it is to be a man. And that everybody struggles, man. Every man struggles through something, you know, so we, we shouldn't be ashamed. We shouldn't be afraid to open up about our feelings or talk about things or reach out to another fellow man because nine times out of ten they've been through something that you're going through right now um and by having those yeah. conversations is how you're going to be able to learn grow and get better from that you know what i mean yeah absolutely this is good yeah you know and, and um you know what jumped out about me about about you right the first video that i saw of yours um was with you and your daughter uh doing yeah. affirmations you know yeah i'm beautiful i'm creative i'm strong Thanks. i'm bold and um I resonated so much with that because I have two kids. I have a little girl who's six um, and a boy okay. who just turned, he's about to turn three on the 23rd of this month. Um, but with my daughter at a very young age, you know, I started doing that with her affirmations that, you know, I'm brave, I'm bold, I'm beautiful, I'm strong, you know, to mm-hmm. really instill that. Because also, too, you just as little boys need their dads in their lives, little girls do too. You know, we all know the girls okay. who grow up, who don't grow up with their dads or with that role model and have. As we know, those daddy issues and start looking for love in all the wrong places and, and all those things and end up getting hurt because they're searching for that love from a man that they never received from their dad, you know? Mm. So um, seeing that with you and your daughter was just so so beautiful and empowering. And also, um, I seen the other one, I guess you were away for a while and you're just picking her up from school and the, yeah. the pure joy you know of seeing her daddy and being there and having her dad was just amazing like i felt that and just you know as a dad too like i could understand you know how that made you feel you know just seeing there and and, and how she's just screaming and just so happy and so dad to have her daddy back so um it's, it's very important like i said we uh, as men to be there for our children um and show that we care because that, that's that's just how they're gonna understand and we need to make sure that we leave that impact so as I ask every guy on the show, my very first question, everyone here, you know, for you, um, if you had to think about it and break it down, what do you think are some of the main qualities and characteristics that make up a good man or a good person? It's a good question, man. Uh, <clears throat> it's so many, so many characters, so many qualities, but I'll give you a few that, that resonate with me and uh, the things that I look for in guys when I'm, you know, connecting with, with men. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, uh, is faith. That's huge for me. Uh, having having that foundation that you stand on or something that you're seeking uh, to lead you to your purpose. Right. Right. I think without without that that purpose, you just kind of you're led astray. There's no focus. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that faith intertwined with with that uh, the purpose piece is definitely probably number one for me. Uh, another thing is a character. Character and integrity. Um, if you don't stand on your character, man, like you could be convinced and swayed in so many ways. So having having a good character, characters 
you know, obviously it's doing the right things when no one is looking. Right. And also the integrity piece of that because we have to check, at least me, I check my integrity. I try to check it every day, man. I don't always get it right. You know, I'll make a, a deal with myself and fail. Like, I know I'm going to get up at four in the morning and go work out, and then I end up not doing it. I say, okay, I'm going to do it later. So I failed at my integrity. I know that's a small piece, but that's a deal that I made with myself. Absolutely. Right? So, so that, um, uh, being a man of your word, it's very key. Like, really just sticking to what you say. Being, being ten toes down in what you say and what you believe. Um, also, grace. Having the grace for yourself grace for others and I think that ties into love just really being able to love yourself uh, where you are being content where you are and being able to uh, uh, project out in the future and say okay I'm right here right now I do want to strive to be better in this area or these areas um, so those are a few qualities that I look for uh, that I think is very important in men and there are several others of course but uh, uh, those are a few that I, that I really stand on and and they're great ones too. I mean, as you were saying that about purpose, um, and I've said this I think last week or the week before as well. But um, a man without purpose is driven to insanity, and I and I say that from from personal experience. You know, I, I um you know I was laid off from my job. My daughter was about to turn one. Um, you know, looking for other jobs. I didn't have a college degree. Um, you know, I'm 29 years old. I didn't have a college degree. I just got, you know, my high school diploma and trying to find all these things. And they're asking for a bachelor's and all these things. And it just really threw me into a really negative space because then you start thinking about all the, um, what it could have should have, you know, as I said to yeah. myself, like, oh, I could have stayed in school a little bit longer. Or what if I didn't play around this? And then you're just dealing with something that you can't, don't have any control over, right? It happened. Yeah. It's over. You got to look forward and, and what you can do to improve your situation. But, you know, when you don't have that purpose, you're just lost and in, in turmoil, you know, and, and it drove me to serious depression and, and thoughts of suicide and, and just so much negativity because I didn't understand um, what I was supposed to do. You know, I didn't understand, like, what was my role? I, one of my things that says that, you know, when it comes to being a good uh, dad or, or a husband, um, you know, one of the biggest things for me is being a provider, you know, so yeah. I don't have a job. I'm not making the money that I used to make. Um, you know, I'm not able to get a thing. So I just started feeling less and less of a man every single yeah. day. Um, and then, you know, I was a stay at home dad, too. So, my, you know, we didn't have that. So I had to stay home with my daughter because we obviously couldn't afford daycare. Um, and it just was so, um, it was like a burden to me taking my daughter to the park or going places because you see, and you know, 90% women are there. It's my stay at home moms yeah. with their kids looking around and, and playing there. And just in the back of my mind, I just kept telling myself, like, all these women are looking at you, like, oh, like, why isn't he at work providing for his family? He just here and yeah. he, he not doing nothing. And his, and just all these things that I'm telling myself that they probably, they're not even looking at me, you know, for all I know. But I, I'm, I'm still beating myself up because I don't see my purpose and, and I feel worthless. So, um, mm. you know, like you said, when, when I when I found, my, you know, doing my podcast and what I want to do and the journey that I want to take, it just kind of really flipped everything around for me. Um, you know, I look forward to every week to to talking to new people. It's just amazing because I'm yeah. such a huge people person. Um, I'm reaching yeah. now Japan, you know, and I started this yeah. a year ago. Yeah, you know, so... Um, <laughs> When you said that about purpose, that's what I thought about. But the other thing that you said, too, that I heard recently, um, as you said, you know, making a deal with yourself. You know, it was a, it was an interview with Kobe Bryant, you know, rest in peace, Mamba. Um, mm, you know, he, yeah. he was he was saying, like, I made a deal with myself. I don't negotiate with myself. You know, he said that straight up. He's like, I don't. You know, if I tell myself I'm going to do something, I set a plan, you know, I'm, I'm not going to negotiate with myself. Like, I made a deal, yeah. and it is what it is. And that goes back to, like you said, you know, being a man of character, of integrity of your word, and, and holding that down. And we've seen all the wonderful things he's been able to accomplish. You know, yeah. inside and outside of basketball. Um, sure. So, so those are those are really great points on that. And also, when it comes to to being a good person and a, and a good and a good man, I think again, of course, you also have to have very strong morals, right? That you live yeah. by and hold near and dear to yourself. So, for you, what are some of your most important morals? Morals, um, I, like I talked about integrity, right? That's uh, that's very important to me, man. Um, I think. Without integrity, 
it's 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 difficult to operate. I mean, you you can be convinced and, and sway different ways uh, that you might not necessarily like, or could affect you, or could affect your future, right? Um, uh, another moral is uh, just really, uh, just really standing on that faith, man. Really standing on your faith. Um, being able to um, be solid in what you believe, you know. Um, uh, we, we talk about, you know, morals and virtues a lot around the house. And uh, I, I talk to my daughters about this, man, and I always tell them, that your character integrity is non-negotiable. That's something that you set, and you have to be firm and rooted in it because you're going to get people coming to you left and right trying to convince you otherwise, kind of trying to convince you that you're not good enough, mm-hmm. trying to convince you that you are, or you, that you're not beautiful. Uh, there's things that you're going to see that, that makes you question who you are. Therefore, those moral, that moral compass has to be in alignment. If you can stand on those moral, if you can stand on those morals and values that, that you've been taught, it's easy to weed out stuff. It's real easy to get through the issues or the, or you can see people coming a mile away, you know, having their discernment. And, uh, and it's not always easy, but at the same time, you, you have these sticks that's around you to say, I would not negotiate these right here. My faith, my beliefs, my integrity, my character. These are the things that no way, no how, nobody would be able to break that barrier. I'm going to have this confidence in myself mm-hmm. um, because this is part of my morals. This is what my mom and daddy taught me. These are the things that I've been to develop, been able to develop, the discipline, all of that stuff. And uh, those are those are few, a few, a few things that I believe uh, morally, uh, besides, you know, like, uh, I guess the, the character based stuff, but uh, we, we really, we really hit on morals at this house, man. And it is just like, and I live by that character integrity every time. You might not get it right every time. Right. And it's not, it's not saying that you need to be this perfect human because we're not. But as long as you are centered and rooted, it's gonna be. It'll be a lot easier for you to navigate. It'll be a lot easier for you to see through people and navigate through issues and situations and keep yourself out of out of trouble because you are. This is the wild that I've created. This is the wild that God has blessed me with, and these are the things that I'm gonna continue to plant inside myself and the people around me. This is what I look for when I'm when I'm seeking friendship, or you know, men, if I'm trying to mentor somebody or if I'm looking for a mentor, these are the things that I look for. No, absolutely. I, and, and and courage and, and confidence is important to really teach them young. Yes. Um, and really get into that. You know, my my daughter, um, is she she she's like my little twin, man. Everything that that she's going through, that she's done, like that was me. Um, yeah. And, and and seeing you go through that and trying my best to to maneuver, um. And guide her the best way that I know how, you know. And yeah. one of the important things is that I'm really um, working with her and getting her that is to be so solid and confident and happy with herself. Yes. Um. You know. Uh. Because I, I I personally know that you know I I never had a lot of confidence because I've always mm-hmm. associated confidence with being cocky and and being you mm-hmm. know like stuck up or on those things. Um, and, and it really took me a long time to learn and understand the true difference between that. But the also thing that I had to learn was that, um, you know, I was a huge, uh, people pleaser, you know, so I wanted to make everybody happy and all those things. So, um, you know, somebody, if I was trying to be confident, somebody was like, oh, you're being cocky. Like I let that rock me like, oh damn, maybe I am. And I, and I let their, their word overpower, like where I, where my true intentions are. Um, but then I learned that, you know, if somebody doesn't like you or they want to bring you down, they're going to say whatever, you know, no matter what, yeah. you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't right. make a difference. There, people, there's so many people in this world that there's bound people that are, are not going to like you, period. And you have to be okay with that. And that's what I'm struggling at this sometimes with my daughter trying to teach her that because, you know, when I, when I, you know, try to correct her or, you know, set her right path or, you know, 
some sort of discipline or anything like that, she goes, she gets extremely hard on herself, just like I would do, and just kind of starts bad mouthing yeah. herself and, you know, you know, punishing herself. Like, I'm going to go in the corner and do this. Like, no, no, I don't want that for you. You yeah. know, I, I don't want kids to say that, you know, that say something at school and make you feel bad about yourself. Like, don't let anybody control your feelings. This is one of the most important yeah. things that I try to teach my daughter um, because I know how hard that was for me. Yeah. Um, I'm growing up. Um, you know, so it's just wonderful how you how you teach that with your daughter, especially like I said with those affirmations, and that, you know, it's just it's such a cute thing to see, and it just again yeah. warmed my soul, man. So great on what you're doing Thanks. with that. Um, and, and as I said, you know, this show is 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 about that, you know, the impact of our dads and our relationship with our fathers and stuff. So for you, what was your relationship with your dad like growing up? Yeah, man, I'm glad you asked me that, Freddie, because I, I had a unique situation, very blessed situation, right? I grew up with two dads. Mm. So my real father and my stepfather. Uh, my stepfather raised me. He taught me how to walk as a kid, as a baby, you know, and uh, he was with my mom for a long time. And uh, I learned a lot from him. My stepfather, I call him dad. That's my daddy, mm -hmm. you know. And my real father, we are like this, tight. So I never had... I never had a break. Well, sometimes my, my real father, I would see him for months at a time. But, man, it was like never had any issues, really. Right. And it, uh, he's my best friend. You know what I'm saying? And so growing up, my stepfather, he uh, he is a lot. He's the main reason I'm, I'm who I am today. And he was my coach. He put me in football, baseball, basketball. He coached me in every single sport. And he was a great Great father, great father. Now, the, the 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 as far as him being to my mom, he wasn't as great at that. But man, he took me like I was his son, and it's still we still have this relationship today. And I'm 38 years old. It's a beautiful thing. And so I had a unique situation. He always encouraged me to keep a good relationship with my real father. And so on the weekends, I would go over to my father's house, man, and uh, and we, we we it's been like that since since I could remember. And um, and my real father, man, he he's a great guy. You know, he's a great guy, man. Great provider. He uh, has always supported me and everything. And so growing up, I was a kid that uh, it, it was kind of awkward for me at times because, like, nobody knew that my stepfather was my stepfather. They thought he was my real father because they seen him all the time. He coached me and everything, right? He coached a lot of my friends too. And so my my biological father, Big Tony, uh, he they sat down and made a deal. They said, "Hey, to your friends, I am your uncle, Big Tony. He's my uncle." Oh wow! So it made it not as awkward when the, when when he would come to my games and stuff. And so I would just tell people that was my uncle. Only my few few of my friends knew that he was my real father. And then when I got through high school, and everybody kind of figured it out. It's like, man, Tony, you look just like your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> your mama. So, yeah, man, that, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, my, I had a great dynamic, man. Like, I, I, you know, I didn't grow up in the best, like, area, per se, but uh, just to be transparent, man, my, my stepfather was a drug dealer. You know, he, he pushed weight. And I seen everything. He didn't hide anything from me. I was I would sit at the table while he's sitting there cutting up the, the dope and everything. I seen everything. He didn't hide. You know, he told me, he said, man, I'd rather you see this right here in your own house and go out some go out in the streets and see this stuff and somebody give you some bad stuff and you uh and you get mixed up with the wrong people. So he showed me everything. I don't know he was my coach, great father, but that piece right there was uh I don't know. It's almost like I needed to see that, man. Yeah. And uh, it, it really structured a lot of the ways that I think today because I kind of got a, you know, I got a little street smarts because I seen my, I ran with my daddy all the time. And I seen him and I seen the young guys that ran for him, man. It was like, it was almost like a movie. I'm six, seven, eight years old seeing all this stuff. Nothing was, nothing was, uh, he did not, not show me anything. He said, I'm going to be transparent with you. That's good. I'm not going to sugarcoat none of this because that was his life. And uh, 
you know, he never let me get into it like that or, or get hurt or anything. But, man, that, I'm just thinking like how they could have went the wrong direction. But in, in hindsight, I'm grateful that that he showed me all of that stuff. And so in my mind, it clicked like, man, I, I know I don't want to do this. When I was in middle school, kind of the turning point here was uh, McGruff the Crime Dog. And <laughs> That's from <school>. McGruff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I was in seventh grade. <laughs> he came out of school. And the police officer was like, hey, uh, if you know anybody that's selling drugs, just write their name down in this paper and give it to us and we'll take care of it, right? I'm not going to tell them my daddy, man. <laughs> right? <laughs> but Freddie, I went home that same day and I talked to my dad. I said, hey, man, I think you should stop selling drugs. I said, and I told him what happened. McGruff the crime dog came to the school. They asked for these names for these people in the neighborhood. And of course, I didn't give you up, but at the same time, it made me reflect. Like, man, I don't want to lose my dad. Right, right. You know, and uh, and he stopped. But when I graduated from eighth grade, going into high school, he went to prison that summer. So I went through the whole my whole high school years without myself, uh, my mm-hmm. coach, my best friend, my mentor. He like he taught me everything. Taught me how to be a gentleman. He taught me how to open doors. He taught me how to be respectful. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. He taught me all of that. So I'm, I'm, he's the reason why I'm, I'm mostly how I'm structured today. Because he planted those seeds when I was a kid. He taught me early, man. He didn't play that stuff. Discipline. Now, you're not going to be talking back to these grown people. You're going to watch your mouth or you're going to get your teeth knocked out. That's how my daddy played, man. So I respected him and I still respect him. And he's my stepfather. But man, it really, like, I, I, I have the most respect for him because he took a kid that wasn't his and made me like he, I was his own. And uh, man, I tell you, I can go on and on about him and, and Big Tony, man. Like, they're great guys, you know. So I had a unique situation uh, where I had two dads. And I and I still, I'm still very close with them to this day, man. So I take fatherhood very seriously because I had great role models as fathers. You know, they didn't make the most money. They didn't always do the right things. And, uh, but man, they did right by me mm, mm. every time. No. And, and I'm so glad that, that, you know, you kind of opened up and shared it is, um, you know, cause I've been talking to a lot of people too. And I did a couple episodes before about, you know, step parenting and, and all that and, and, and the fears because for myself, right. Um, as I said in that is um, I, I couldn't see myself like I can always ask you these questions right like you know thinking myself like could I see myself with somebody who already had a kid um, and part of me was like you know yeah but then the bigger part was just like I, I just couldn't see myself doing it for, for a few reasons number one um, you know we're, I've been traumatized at everything that we've seen in the movies and stuff like that like how bad it is to deal with somebody you know yeah. step parenting and co-parenting with the other parents you know, yeah. and, and it's it's so crazy, like you said, like you know that they came up with that agreement that your actual dad will be known as your uncle, um, and he would be yeah. called a dad. Like that, that 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 takes a lot on both ends, um, to 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 be okay with something like that. Like for myself, like I don't think I could have been okay with that. Like you know, it just yeah. it you know my kid is my kid, and, and I would feel some sort of way. But then also part of me, like I knew that I wanted to be a dad so bad that I feared. That you know, uh, you know, I, I do love kids. You know, I try to you know play with all the kids and stuff like that. But I started to fear, like you know, what if I'm with this person and she has her kid, and then we have our own kid together, and would I play favorites unintentionally because this one's actually mine? Would I you know yeah. show more love or attention, and it you know ruin this other kid or cause some? Da- and I didn't want to be put in that position, you know. So yeah. so that was it for me for set parenting. But on the other side is that I saw in my own home the exact opposite of what I was showing in the media. You know, my, my dad, mm-hmm. I have a brother who he was in between me and my sister, you know, different mom. Um, but my mother, I never heard my mom talk bad about this woman. I never seen her be disrespectful to this woman. We would go to Puerto Rico to go see my brother and we would go to their house and pick them up. They wouldn't go inside. They weren't the best of friends, but they were extremely cordial and respectful and, 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 yeah. and it was just such a, a wonderful like my brother called my mom mom and you know I love you mommy and she's the same thing when we go places you know this is my son and all like there's no there's no you know anything in between um, 
you know, so if I if I had I had like I used to since I lived here in the states, you know, I had a lot of the good stuff. My brother in Puerto Rico didn't have those things, so when I my video games, she would send to him without telling me, like you know what I mean, like right then to make sure that he was good. You know, if he yeah. needed things, she would make sure that he had it for school and all. So I seen that, I seen that, but again, I guess I let the society world outside of me show me so much of the negative that I guess it fear it may, it caused that fear for me about step parenting. Um, yeah, and I think yeah. a lot of people have that associated in their mind. So it's so wonderful for you, you know, that, like you said, it's very, very unique situation to have both of your dads, you know, growing up there and being a part of life and teaching you so much things and being so involved, um, you know, because I think that that's on the other end, right? I've seen a lot of guys who dads weren't in their lives or they didn't have that male father figure. And now that they're dads, they overcompensate for their kids, you know, and try to yeah. be there because they know what that pain is like. Um, but also yeah. in your case too, when you have guys who are in there doing that, you know, if as for you, you take your fatherhood very, very seriously and being a dad is so important to you. And I can see that in your videos and the way you're talking and how you carry yourself is just, it's a beautiful thing that to see, you know, men being that involved in their kids' lives because it's so, so important. Um, now with yeah. that, I know you said, you, I guess you, I heard you say you had daughters and I've only seen the one. How many kids do you have? Yeah. I have two, two daughters. Two daughters. So huh? the video you seen, uh, of when I, went to the school to pick my daughter up. That's my oldest. Mm-hmm. And that was a, a video from back in 2019. She was uh, four. I think she was four at the time. And uh, I, that was a, a school that I was gone for work for a few months. And I had, I just surprised her. I popped up on her. So she's eight now. She just turned eight in March. Oh, happy and birthday. Then, uh, thank you, man. I let her know. And then her name is Harley. And so then I have my baby girl with the affirmations. She just turned two in January. So I have two girls and I'm expecting my son. We're expecting a baby Congratulations, boy. Congratulations, girl. Yeah. Thank you, man. So excited, you know, and uh, we, we uh, except, expect my baby boy in September. So my wife is like 18 weeks pregnant right now. Oh, that's amazing, man. Congratulations. I'm so happy for you. It is. It is. Um, it, it's different, man. It's, it's different. Um, yeah. You know, my my, uh, my daughter again, She she's very... Um, like me in a lot of ways, man. You know, such a people person loves talking to people, so kind hearted, genuine. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, like she's just out there. My son, mm-hmm. though, he don't play that. I don't got time for nobody. Like, you know, what I mean, he's a whole <laughs> opposite dynamic. Like he, 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 he. With me and him, we have an, an amazing bond. Um, yeah, you know, it, it, it's it's it's. I don't know, like I guess there's just something different about having your boy. Um, you know, I guess yeah. it's, it's a legacy of you. It's an extension of yourself, and you know, uh, so. Um, yeah. it's, it's a wonderful thing. Again, congratulations! I'm, I'm very, very happy Thank for you. you. Um, now, now uh, let's talk about the kids. I know you were saying that before, as far as um, you know, integrity and having their characters and stuff like that. Um, actually, before I jump into that question, because I almost got caught up with that with you, the whole thing with your dads. But being that you had your two dads here in your life and stuff, and I know that they taught you so many different things. But what do you think is the most important thing that you've learned from each of them? It's a good question. Um, I start with my with my real my biological father. Um, he he has a spirit of uh, he's very kind to people, very kind. Like he'll give you the shirt off his back, and I, I've inherited a lot of that. Uh, just really, really being able to uh, have an open hand, help people, you know. And that's very important to me mm-hmm. because, you know, I like I said, I didn't, I didn't grow up with money or anything like that. But, you know, being able to help people when you don't necessarily have it, and not even think twice about it, to be like, okay, hey, I got this. If you need it, I got you. I need your shirt off my back. So he's he really implanted that just by his actions. It's not mm-hmm. so much that he told me, yeah. hey, son, this is how you should be. He never said, like, he's not a big talker when it comes to that. He just lead by example. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And I really pride myself on leading by example. A person can say all, oh, they can say a lot of lip service. You can say a lot of things, but what is your action show? Right. So that leadership by example is what I learned from my father, uh, my biological father, because he wasn't a big, like I say, he wasn't a big communicator like that. Um, and my stepfather, I say for him, man, what I've learned from him is uh, respect, the respect piece. Um, being able to, for one, respect yourself, mm-hmm. 
you know, because if you don't respect yourself, you can't expect other people to respect you as well. It has a lot to do with confidence and how you carry yourself. Absolutely. You know, and and that is something that he taught me as a little boy. You know, even when I first started playing sports, like I said, he was my coach. So he would ride, he, like I did practice, he'd be riding me in practice. And guess what? I got to ride home with him. So he giving it to me in the car, right? And he taught me that. Hey, man, you got to respect yourself. When you're getting ready to go up to that bat and, and swing that bat at that baseball, you got to walk up there with confidence. I don't care if you're shaking in your boots, but you can't let other people see that. And uh, being able to respect other people, specifically women. Mm. Being able to respect women. Uh, just being a gentleman, you know, and a lot of that ties into the respect. And uh, I, I've, I've always been a gentleman. I always open doors. My mom, I take my mom somewhere, my grandmother somewhere. I got it. I'm going to pay for the bill, no matter who I go out with. I got it. Cousins, aunts, aunties, uh, excuse me, aunties, grandmothers, it don't matter. Friends, girlfriends, homegirls, it don't matter. My daughters, I got it. Daddy got it. Because that's how I was raised. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no negotiating. There's no splitting the bill. I see that a lot. I've been seeing that a lot on social media about these guys talking about going Dutch and all that. I would I was never raised like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you take this one, I know kind of going off on a tangent. You take this woman out on a date and you talking about going Dutch, man, just stop that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That, for me, that's not a gentleman. A gentleman is going to take care of stuff. He's going he gonna to open these doors. He's going to be a gentleman to this woman. If you are really seeking to, to get to know this woman better, then put your best foot forward. Absolutely. And so, yeah, the respect, the gentleman, that kind of that collides for me anyway. So those are a few qualities that I learned from my, both of my dads. Yeah, no, and, and it, it's it's so important to, to keep that on, like, like you said, with your with your biological dad and, and being a kind person and, and leading by example and showing that. Because my dad was the same way, you know. I didn't have real mm -hmm. deep conversations with my dad until I got older, but mm -hmm. I saw a lot of what yeah. he did, um, you know, yeah. and both aspects. Like, and I know I know to share this story so many times, but you know, my dad, um, you know, we'd have snowstorms in a little cul-de-sac, and my dad would be shoveling the snow to one of our neighbors and stuff like that to the front. And I remember one day just asking, like, you know, why are you doing that? To you know, what I mean, like we have our own place here. Like I was just confused. And he said, you know, you know that she's always going to the hospital and they always coming here in the ambulance. Like if something happens to her, how are they going to get to her with all this snow in the way? Mm -hmm. And I was like, damn. Yeah. I said, okay. So, so from that day forward, I started doing myself. If it was snowed, I wake up early, get my friends and I, we'd shovel everybody's thing. And that sometimes was just daylight. Cause if you need to get to emergency, they need to get out. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. something that, that, that again, he showed me that stuck with me and, and it's also too like how he carried it to my mom. Even when they had their arguments and all those things, the next morning, every morning, without, without fail, he'd be up and make sure that her coffee was on a little handrail. So when she got out the bathroom, she was ready with her coffee there after she got ready. And he'd go out in the morning, turn on her car, and dust it off. And no matter whatever happened the night before, like you know, he still like he always told me like I made a promise I was gonna take care of this woman. I'm gonna take care of this woman. Come hell or high water, whatever happens, that's what I gotta do. You know, and it's just, again like he said that by by leading by example and showing and. Um, and and it's such a beautiful thing to see that people being genuinely kind and courteous, like you said, to like yourself, because, um, you know, when you do a kind gesture nowadays for people, like they look at you like you got three heads, like they're so dumbfounded, like yeah. what? Like, what do you want from like nothing, man? I'm just, you know, just being human, bro. Like, that's it. You know, yeah. so um, it's, it's so crazy um, to see that how people react to that. Um yeah, I'm just genuinely nicely now these days. Now, now back like I said to it with your girls now, and like I know that you said about, um, you know, character and you know having them more so they don't break for anything like that. Um, what is something that that you're constantly trying to instill in them that is that's just in your mind that you want to make sure that they that's ingrained in their brains? Yeah, uh, <clears throat> believing in themselves, like really wholeheartedly believing, and that's why we do those affirmations. Because I want them to have so much confidence that nobody can nobody can tell them otherwise. Mm -hmm. I want you to know who you are to the core, which means I'm gonna continue to plant these seeds in you. Uh, we're gonna pray together. Um, we're gonna read this word together, like all of that stuff, man. Because I believe that the Bible 
God tells you who you are. He shows you who you are. You might not get it right off the bat. It takes time. It takes work. It takes consistent digging and understanding, like, your your whole purpose. I think purpose comes in stages. It comes in steps. He's not going to show you all at once. Yeah, you might be hitting on something right now, but there is something bigger. There's something more that God is wanting to show you, right? And so that's something that, I, that we talk to our daughters about, man, and just really having that, that confidence and that belief in yourself that you know who you are. Mm-hmm. You know who you are. You're strong in your mind. You're strong in your heart. Uh, you're strong physically. And, and uh, you carry yourself in a way where it's beautiful. You carry yourself in a way where you are. Uh, people want to be around you. You know, my daughters have such a big, per- They have both of them have big personalities. My oldest, like, she's never met a stranger. She will walk up to you and say, you're my best friend. Let's mm, play. Yeah. And although they can be kind of like, hey, you know, you, you're being a little too much right now, but she's a kid. And I don't want to take that away from her. I totally because agree she, with you. Yeah, man. And, and she's like, she she loves people. She loves people. And a lot, like you said about your your uh, six-year-old, when something happened, they kind of beat themselves up a little bit, kind of... Uh, you know, talk down a little bit to themselves, and my oldest does that. And so we we continuously talk about positive attitude. I always tell them, your attitude is everything. If your attitude ain't good, your performance is probably gonna stink. So let's take a step back. Why are you talking negative about yourself right now? It's constant, man. Like we have to talk through. We we role play. We have to talk through these things daily. Like, okay, if this happens, then what? If somebody say they don't want to play with you, that don't mean you get down on yourself. It just means not right now. We talk about boundaries. We talk about that stuff. And so I want to be able to plant those seeds, my wife and I, plant those seeds in them early because I don't want them to get out in the world and the world tell them who they are. Right. Because we know that's a lie. We know that's a lie. And I'm not going to risk, I'm not going to risk that, man. So I go out of my way to tell my daughters how beautiful they are, how smart they are. Uh, we learn stuff together. So, uh, because I want them to grow up and be great, strong adults that can handle themselves. They can weed out the guys, you know, be able to weed and pick and choose and, and, and understand the, uh, just having that spirit of discernment when they're out and about, you know, and uh, being able to like understand people. So, and, and understand themselves more than anything. So those are definitely believing in yourself. No, and and it, it's huge these days because, like you said, if if you don't do it or you don't teach them young, then the outside world is gonna pick a place for them. Um, oh yeah, and, and it's never gonna be where they want to be. And, and, I, and like I said, I know that for 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 from from experience, you know, always trying to please people and trying to fit into these things, and always just um, not feeling quite right. You know, like someone's off or just not really being truly happy. And, you know, it just got to yeah. a point where I know where I was literally like had to sit and ask myself, like, why am I doing this? Like, do I really enjoy this? Is this what I'm about? Does this make me feel a certain way? Like why? And really have those com- those conversations with yourself to better understand what you are. So you can set those boundaries and set those things, because if not, then everybody's going to rule and control your life. And I know what that did for me. So I don't want that at all for my kids. So trying to, yeah. you know, teach them and instill the things that I wish that I had at that age, um, it's vital. It's vital to their survival. Yeah. And, and it's the only one to do that is, like you said, as us as fathers, as, as dads, to be there consistently. Um, because nobody, nobody's perfect, right? And no kid really yeah. wants a perfect dad. And no dad's going to be perfect, but they want a present mm-hmm. parent. You know what I mean? Like that, 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 that's all that matters. You know what I mean? Like good or yeah. bad, like you always being there um, is something that goes a long, long, long way. Um, because again, we always ask them, you know, when, when things go bad, look in the corner, who's there? Dad is there, whether it's good or bad, high or low, whatever, I'm always there. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. you know that you can rely on me and trust me, can have that bond. We may not always agree, but you know, we're always trying to find the right path together, you know? And, and that's right. And as I said this too, and I continue to say this because it becomes more and more evident as I'm a parent is that our parents don't have all the answers. They never did when we were growing up. They're trying to figure it out like we're trying to figure it out because every child no is manual. different. Yeah, everybody yeah. is different, you know? <laughs> so even like that, like I said, man, my, my son and my daughter, two totally different entities. And, and, and you know, you have to address them as such. Um, 
Yeah, you know, so so um, very great things are teaching the kids and stuff um, that, that's going on, and and then just seeing now because I was trying to understand more about you. And, and, and number one, my first question: How did you end up out in Japan, man? <laughs> right, right. Uh, so I'm I'm in the Navy. Okay, I'm an officer in the Navy, and I've been in the Navy for come uh, January will be twelve years for me. And uh, this is actually our second time living in Japan. We used to live in Japan from 2013 to 2015. So we were stationed out here. And actually, when we got married, which was 2013, uh, which is a whole other story in itself, uh, we moved out here pretty early. And uh, we ended up having our first daughter here. So Harley is born in Japan. And uh, and so we, we moved back to California, which I was stationed in San Diego at first. We moved back to California for about five years, and then we came back out. We had the opportunity to come back to Japan, and uh, we love it here, man. People are so nice. It's the culture is different. It's clean. It's efficient. Uh, customer service is through the roof. Like it is really cool. People mind their business. Uh, the food is great. It's just a cool place to be, man. It's one of the most peaceful countries in the world. It's actually like number seven on the on the list of. Uh, uh, the peace, I forget the name of the document, but uh, it's like the most peaceful place in the world. One of, and they rate it off of crime and all that stuff. And Japan is like that, man. You can leave your wallet at a restaurant and, and it will get mailed to your house with all the money still in it. You see little kids walking around on the train by themselves from school. They'll get in a cab by themselves. Like little kids, six, seven, eight years old, like no supervision. Can never do that at the crib. For one, our parents wouldn't let us do that. But it's just, it, it's a difference, you know. Mm-hmm. We still wouldn't do that with our kids here, but because we've been conditioned to be like, you got to hold your kids tight. Right, right, right. right. And so, uh, yeah, man, that's how we ended out in Japan. I go orders out here. We got about a, a year left. Sorry about that. Hold on one second. Sorry, my neighbors out there making noise right. <laughs> yeah so yeah that's how we ended up in japan i'm originally from fort worth texas okay okay well first and foremost i mean thank you for your service you know i mean it's it's, it's crazy uh to do those things and i didn't um i bring that up too because uh i think uh, hopefully this week or whatever i want to talk to some of my um some of my people who've been in the military i know i have one of my good friends who's actually in the army right now one of my best friends dan welton um, you know, mm-hmm. he's out there. Another f- f- friend of mine, I did an interview with him. His name is Rich Taus. was also in the military. Uh, my cousin's a Marine. Um, but I also, but with them, you know, I've seen, seen like, uh, I guess the, the, the darker side of what happens out there and the things that they see. Um, you know, mm-hmm. my friend Dan, you know, I did his interview and then afterwards we kind of started talking about, you know, some of his things that happened over there and he just, I could just tell he needed to vent, man, and get this stuff off his chest and things that's bothering especially with somebody, mm-hmm. I guess, like, you know, that he can trust and know and have these conversations with. But it's mm-hmm. it's um, surreal, the things that people in, in armed services have to see or encounter or deal with um, that, mm-hmm. that really leaves uh, an impact. Like my other cousin, um, uh, uh, Orlando, like I said, was a, who's a Marine, was a Marine. Well, once you're a Marine, you're always a Marine, right? Um, but he, he got a discharge. They, they ran over a mine out there in Afghanistan. I'm in the yeah. tanks and stuff. So he he was out and he suffers from like anxiety and stuff like that and all these things from from all that stuff that goes out there. So um actually if I do get that setting up, I'd love to talk to you and get you on here just to talk, you know, from from you know, armed forces background and kind of Yeah. You know, talk to them too, because everybody needs to vent. Like I said, I, they 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 share some some things. Just hearing the stories, you know, made the hairs on my neck stand up and it just it just felt kind of dark, you know, and I, I couldn't imagine yeah. actually having to live through that. Um, and some yeah. of those things being on your conscience is crazy. So it's a it's a lot. Um, and the reason I get into that, and maybe I'll uh, get into this with you, because I remember asking one of them, you know, one time I was like, you know, I'm thinking about myself. I was like, I want to join maybe the armed forces or something like that. He's like, well, why you want to do it? I said, really, I just want to get the discipline. And he said, don't don't join then. If that's all you in for, then don't join. And, you know, um, there's other ways to get that and stuff. And I don't know if it was a place from from just yeah. the the things that they had to witness. Um, and all those things, but they, they steered me away from that. Um, you know, but, and I know it's a lot to go through. And I think maybe because myself too, is that I'm such a, 
I don't I don't if it's a humanitarian or a people person stuff like that like I'm I'm not I'm not built for war I'm not built for for <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean like it's just I I don't know if I got to kind of deal with that in my life so so more power to you man um thank you. But uh, as we winding down here, man, right? Like I said, the show was I'm going on for now. I know you've been sitting down with me for some time, so I got two last questions for you. Okay. Um, and the number one, right? And everything that you've been through, I guess your career, um, and then that you've learned. Uh, what do you think has been the best advice you've received? Mm-hmm. Best advice I've received. Hmm. <laughs> uh, okay. Has a lot to do with uh, has a lot to do with self, and don't let this world tell you who you are. I'm say I, I like really going against the grain on stuff, right? And so, if I see a crowd going a certain way, I'm probably not gonna go that way because I understand that being normal is is what this world is. And normal can be wrong. A lot of the times it is, right? And so I'm a big believer in God structured a, a path for me and it's narrow. And so that's the road I want to go down. And I know it's going to be, uh, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be challenging, but that's the word. That's the road I'd rather go down because normal can be wrong. And therefore I don't want to be a sheep. I don't want to follow the crowd. Uh, so, uh, that's probably some of the best advice I've received from my pastor um well he's a, he's a mentor to me and uh just really man don't follow the crowd you know don't allow the world to tell you who you are read your word and god will show you who you are and so that's that's something that i live by man it's a few things that i live by and that's definitely one of them i see a lot of stuff that go on that i'm just like man I, I'm, I'm i'm so glad i thank god for the wisdom the knowledge and the understanding being able to really uh, study and and understand and tap into who I am and continue that journey because I'm still discovering who I am. You know, mm-hmm. I'm still peeling that that onion back every every year. I get older, there's something different that I find out. And um, yeah, man, that's that's a nugget from from my pastor mentor friend. Uh, he told me that about I don't know. I guess it's been five, six years now. No, and, and it's it's such sound advice because it's so true. You know, um, I, I throw it out there. At one point, slavery was normal; didn't make it right. You know, right. Uh, certain drugs were normal; didn't make it right. You know, we got to learn right. with time and as as we evolve to understand that. So. Um, it is absolutely true just because what seems to be the norm or what the average is or what's accepted by community doesn't mean this is necessarily the right, right thing. Um, and I think it goes back to, like you said, too, like, you, know, you have to have the character and the integrity to be able to go against the green because you are going to get, you know, you're going to get it. You know what I mean? Like, there's going to be so much kickback and, and all these things that tell you how wrong you are. Um, but if yeah. you're able to surpass that, then, you know, everybody will love you again. You know what I mean? Like, cause you're able to do the impossible, do something that people was different or have a different way of thinking. And, and so I, yeah. it, it's something with my daughter too, that, that, um, you know, I, when she was in school and going to these, um, daycare the first, first time. And I seen some of the teachers who were encouraging her to be herself, you know what I mean? Like not telling her to, you know, Oh, you gotta do this or write this way or whatever. Just letting her be free to express herself. And that's what I want to do with my kids is let them mm-hmm. have that comfort to be able to express themselves um, and be out there that's and cool. also prepare them because like, like we say, you know, man, the the world is very cruel and harsh. You know what I mean? When they get out there, you know, so you got to yeah. have a certain tough skin as well too. Or at least, like you said, you know, have that confidence and belief with yourself that no matter what mm-hmm. goes out there, you know, you can come back and, and, and ground yourself in what your core morals are, what your beliefs and all those things that happen in your life. So uh, definitely yeah. great advice that you receive. Now, also then on that note, right, um, with all your experience and everything that you've been through and, and went through in this life, if you had to look back at some little kid and, and give them a piece of advice or some something to some mentoring words, what would that be? It would be self-discovery first. Like, don't you don't have to be 25, 35, 45 to, to understand who you are. Like, start that early. Start that process early. 
Like really start seeking God's counsel, putting yourself around positive people. Um, get serious early. Yeah, you, if you're still a you know a teenager, yeah, you're gonna do teenager stuff. But you 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 can align yourself with the right people mm-hmm. and really just latch on and become a sponge and soak up the knowledge, the wisdom. Uh, don't allow your ego to run you over. And that's 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 probably a, one of the biggest problems that we have is as men is we, we allow our ego to just run rampant. It, 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 it's self-destruction, man. We get this big head, not saying the confidence, and I think you t- touched on it earlier, but you, you need to have confidence. You need to have big confidence. But when you, when you get to the point where that ego is, you know, you can't check that, uh, it don't matter how much money you have, no, how, no matter how many people around you, you're going to self-destruct. So being able to check that ego at the door early and it, it's, a, it's a constant thing. It's, it's due diligence in checking that ego. And uh, I would definitely tell a young person, seek your purpose early. Do stuff that's positive in your life. Even when you're in college, people say, oh, you know, I'm in my 20s, I'm having fun. And we know what fun means. You're going to go out there, you're going to drink, you're going to party your way to death. And then, uh, you know, you, you graduate and then you look down the road, it's like, damn, I squandered all those years because I want to hang out all the time. Nothing wrong with partying. Right. But when you are overindulging in that stuff and you're putting yourself in the wrong, around the wrong people, it, it, it doesn't set you up well. And another thing, the last thing I tell them, uh, financial literacy. Like, start learning that now. I'm teaching my daughters that now because I didn't learn that. All I knew was make money, spend what you get. So financial literacy is like a breakthrough to unlocking the next level in your life. You can become a millionaire early, earlier. You can set your own bar. You can control your own narrative. If you have that in line and knowing who you are and choosing the right spouse, game changer right there. You got to choose the right spouse. Hey. You have to. <laughs> I listen. I, I couldn't agree with you more, and and in all of those areas, right? I think starting yeah. from like you said, the first thing, right? Self discovery. Um, it is, man. The earlier you do that, the easier your life is gonna be, right? Because you know who you are. You know how to avoid situations. You're not trying to figure things out or trying to experiment with other things or you know all those other areas, um, yeah. you know, or letting other people create the version of you that they want and not the crazy version of you that you are supposed to be, you know? Yeah. Um, So it it is very important. I think, as I mentioned earlier in this conversation, you know, with these past years is um, as I, as I got into um, spend more time with myself um, and the sense that, you know, like, Hey, you know, when you're teenagers, you're always with your friends, you're going up and down, you're always with your crew and stuff. Right. And you're doing things together and you're kind of figuring out, but now that, you know, as we're kind of grown, um, and we're, you know, off in our different directions and stuff. We got more time to ourselves. Um, but during that yeah. time to myself, I started really asking, you know, who am I? What do I like? Why? What's my purpose? What makes me happy? Um, and really starting to master and, and work on understanding my feelings, um, my emotions yeah. and why I do the things I do. So that when things happen, I know what triggers me. I know how to react. Like I always tell with my with my wife and a lot of things is that I've known. And I think everybody's, uh, most of us are like that. When we're too fueled by emotion, we don't think straight. Yeah. You know, you don't, you, you don't say what you really mean. You don't do what you really do because your emotions are just taking over and just, you know what I mean? When you play that new video game, you know what you're doing? You just start mashing the buttons. That That's what it's like. You know what I mean? Like you just sitting yeah. here just because... You you don't you don't you don't know what you're doing, so I, I tend to always like kind of worse my wife like hey you know what like I'm, I'm not that I don't have any emotion about this but I'm just removing that out of the picture right now I'm just trying to think logically mm-hmm. ones and twos and stuff like that to make what makes perfect sense you know what I mean yeah. because if you're driven too much by emotion you're not really yeah. seeing as clear as you need to see you yeah know? so so that it's is- one thing that real quick it's one thing that my uh, my captain that I work for now he always tell us don't attack the emotion. Attack the problem. So what you just said, removing your emotion out of the issue, and what is the problem? Because when you're emotional, it's kind of hard to see clear. Your mind might be cloudy. So, uh, yeah, it just it made me think about that. Don't attack the emotion, attack the problem. Absolutely. Well, there you go. Like, and that's another gem for the young ones out there, right? 
Um, <laughs> yeah. And and how you also said too with with financial literacy, right? You know, I think that that we don't know any of that in school. Like I was still like in my thirties or something like that, calling up my mom, like, "Yo, mom, how do I fill out my taxes for this new job? Like, what do I gotta click for right. A?" And, and and it's sad that like, we don't know that. We know A squared plus B squared equals C squared. You know what I'm saying? We know like all that stuff, but the money thing right. we're not really taught. Um, and that's right. something that I had to learn for myself, you know, seeing my parents, like you said, hey, they, they work to pay the bills, right? And put a roof over our head and maintain. That's what, what they knew. Um, yeah. And now myself, like I, I was given the, my, my dad gave me one thing of advice, right? Which, which I love my father for this always, right? My, my brother would, I was, my dad's a mechanic, right? And I would always ask him to teach me mechanics and he never did. He refused to teach me anything about mechanics, right? I mean, a little basic oil change here and there, kind of how to maintain the car, but nothing more. Mm-hmm. Um, but my brother, when my brother would come from Puerto Rico, you know, they would go down to the garage and they would work together and all this stuff. And I'm seeing this and I'm like, why the hell are you showing him and not me like that? You know, and and as I grew up to understand was, of course, you know, he doesn't live with us. So that's their bonding time. You know, that's something that they can kind of, you know, quickly bond over and all stuff and a way that mm-hmm. they can teach him. Um, but one time when he was here, my, my, he did that. I confronted him. I was like, yeah, why won't you teach me this stuff? And he looked at me, right? And he said, look at my clothes. I'm covered in oil. Look at my hands. I'm saying they're swollen and blistered and cut up and stuff like that. I don't want this life for you. You're going to make money Mm. with your brain and not not with your hands. Mm. And I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I started to, you know, I became a hustler and I was, you know, using my any which way with technology or anything like that to try to make money. I do custom T-shirts. I'm doing my podcast. I used to yeah. bootleg DVDs and CDs and, and do ringtone, like all these things that really, like he said, you know, use my brain to make that money. Um, and that's yeah. what kind of as I am now learning more about finances and trying to educate myself better so that I could teach my daughter. Yeah. My daughter got a checking account right now. She got her own debit card. She's six years old. Let's go. You know yeah. what I mean? So we go to the store. I'm like, okay, mommy, think about that. Like, you know, you had to make your bed X amount of time this week to make $5. Is that worth that? You know what I mean? Right. Like, Or do you want to save for something better? You know, and yeah. getting get those things to think of. You know, and of course, as a dad, I spoil her here and there. She says she's going to use that. I don't really yeah. spend her money because I wanted to save. But yeah. getting that thought in her head, right, and then thinking about that. And I don't know. Yeah. I think I think they did that in Florida or somewhere else where they actually assigned something where the kids need to be taught financial Florida. literacy, right? It was Florida, right? Yeah. Which is huge. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're 18, you should be able to learn how to fill out your own taxes for, for a new job. You know what I mean? Like you should be able to know how to balance a checking account and all those things because otherwise yeah. you're going to be you're going to be a mess. Um, yeah. So, so again, with that, just, 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 just beautiful things. So, um, you know, I appreciate your time, man, and thank you so, so much, man. It's been a pleasure actually speaking with you and getting to see, see, um, you know, somebody again, like just different lifestyle, living out there and stuff, and just knowing that I'm, um, you know, reaching out there and, and all these things. So, um, thank you again so much for sitting down with me. Congratulations on your son. I'm, I'm definitely gonna be checking up with you these next couple months. See how it is because um, <laughs> it is it is it's a trip having a little boy. Um, yeah, yeah. I appreciate you, Freddie. Man, thanks for having me on, and I definitely look, look forward to you know iron sharpening iron. Man, we'll keep in contact, and we can do this again at any time. Absolutely, like I said, man, I'm, I'm working on. I'm trying to get my military buddies together and stuff like that, and have because <clears throat> I do have another show that I, that I just started recently. Um, it's called Fab with Fab, which is face fears and build bonds with Freddie Fox, America's big brother, and, and just the whole concept about that is just too just getting guys together to sit down and talk about you know different problems. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about, like I said, stepdad and step parenting and stuff, and. We talked yeah. about, you know, dealing with miscarriages and, 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 and yeah. um, you know, losing your child and all those things. So we, we, we touched on a lot of things. And I think the next one I want to do is for the military. Like I said, I see my cousin this past weekend um, and he we were we, fortunately we were at a funeral. One of our uncles passed and, um, mm-hmm. you know, I see him there and, and it was just crazy. He's like, oh, you know, I got to get out of here because my anxiety is starting to kick in, all these things. And I know it's from his military days and all those things that, you know, mm-hmm. you kind of. Don't want to talk about it. My other boy was like, listen, when I talked about that, he's like, listen, I will tell you about like my time there, but nothing more. I'm not going into any details. Like I'm not talking about my time. But I'm like, I respect that. You know what I mean? Because of course, they get, things trigger people differently. So I definitely understand. So, you know, having you on yeah. for that conversation would be amazing. So we'll definitely be in touch. Okay. Um, you yeah. know, uh, so, so again, thank you so much. And everybody, like I always say, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, your big brother loves you. Stay blessed, everybody. Thanks, son. All right, brother. Take it easy.